Welcome, everybody, to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Listen to the podcast on VHHA.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other apps. We're also on the radio Saturdays at noon and Sundays at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, and 820 AM across Central Virginia, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Send any questions, comments, or feedback to pcfpodcast at vhha.com. That's pcfpodcast at vhha.com. I'm Will Selden from the VHHA team, and today we're excited to speak with Blessing Toma about her journey as a woman, mother, and how her pharmacy studies at VCU brought her to Virginia from the African nation of Cameroon and presented an opportunity to return to help her people in Cameroon. So, Blessing, welcome. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Will. I'm glad to be here. Great. Well, let's start by learning a little bit about your native Cameroon, which, uh, based on my research, is a West Central African nation along the Atlantic Ocean, uh, and your hometown as well of Limbe, a coastal tourism town. Um, So for our listeners, Cameroon has been a colony of Germany, France, and Britain before gaining its independence between 1960 and 1961, and later enduring an extended recession in the 1980s and 90s that's been particularly hard on the nation's sizable rural population for which access to health care is limited. So, Blessing, if you would, tell us a little bit about Cameroon and, and what life is like there. So, Cameroon is a country in Central Africa, which is um, about 25 million people. I lived in Limbe, which is a small seaside town in, in Cameroon, and I lived there for about six years. About 80% of people in Cameroon live in poverty, with about 25% of the population in extreme poverty, according to the World Bank. So, for some time now, uh, we've been having like violent clashes between government forces, representing the French-speaking part of the Cameroon and English-speaking separatists, have raised concerns about uh, sectarian bloodshed. So, the town of Limbe is one of the towns that has been affected by the violent clashes. So, so many people in Cameroon, especially in the town of Limbe are farmers. Most of them are not really educated. And there is lack of affordable health care. Some of these people uh, can afford the health care that is available to them because some of them make about 2,000 francs a day, which is about $4. Many of them do not even know about what diabetes is about and concerns about health care. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. I think it's really fascinating to not only hear your story, but sort of fill in the details about the healthcare situation around the world and, and in different places like that. So thanks for sharing that. Do you wish you could focus on practicing medicine without all the distractions? Covaris is here to help. As a leader in medical professional liability insurance with more than 45 years experience, Covaris provides insurance protection with data-driven predictive modeling to help you mitigate the risk of claims. By combining insurance protection with risk analytics services, you can reduce distractions and focus on improving clinical, operational, and financial outcomes. Covaris is reinventing what you should expect from your medical professional liability provider. Find out all Covaris can offer you at Covaris.com. That's C-O-V-E-R-Y-S.com. Insurance products issued by Medical Professional Mutual Insurance Company and its insurance subsidiaries, Boston, Massachusetts. So I know you earned an undergraduate degree in Cameroon before you came to the U.S. in 2015. 
and you regularly commute to Richmond from Virginia Beach, where your children are in school. So we all deal with the adulting grind in one way or the other, whether that's commuting or just work-life balance in general. But tell me how you manage your life and parenting and pharmacy studies and everything else going on all at the same time. I obtained my bachelor's degree in biology from University of Boya. And two years after, I got a master's in public health. So I moved into the United States in 2015. So living uh, in Virginia Beach and having to come to school in Richmond is a difficult task. It is quite challenging taking care of my kids and attending pharmacy school at the same time. Given the, the rigorous pharmacy program, I have to undertake do my assignments, attend class from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. sometimes. My first year was the most difficult because I had to do virtual, having to guide the kids at the same time because they were also doing virtual. So I had to do their homework, sign them into different Zoom links. I had to attend classes on Zoom, so it was quite difficult. I had to multitask and Time management was crucial. So with that, the first year, I was able to complete the first year and passing all my classes. So it is really quite a difficult task. And my second year, I had to commute to Richmond. It is not easy. Sometimes my kids call me and ask me to come back home. But because I know that what I'm doing is something that is is going to be beneficial in the future, both for their future, my future, and the future of my community. So I have to take a difficult decision. I have to take a hard decision. So I spend about uh, a week or five days here with my friends, and I go back every weekend. Sometimes I go back on Thursday to see my kids. So well, it's quite a difficult task, quite challenging. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, thanks for sharing that. And it's interesting that in your first year, you had to navigate the challenges of virtual education and managing your kids' virtual education as well. And now sort of there's this new challenge of having to make that commute as well as maintaining all the, the work and stuff with your studies. So that's really impressive and commendable that you're able to do that. Well, I want to shift gears a little bit here. I know this past summer you traveled with your children who'd never been to Africa before on a 6,000-mile journey as part of your mission to administer glucose tests in a nation where, like you mentioned before, a lot of people lack access to healthcare services, and diabetes especially goes undiagnosed, which is obviously a real challenge. So can you tell us about your work to make that trip happen and what the experience was like for you and your family since they were able to go with you? Yeah, so it is something I have always wanted to do to my community because growing up, I saw people face a lot of health challenges. I lost so many family members and friends to diabetes and other chronic diseases. And they didn't even know they had these diseases at, until the last minute, like towards when it was already like chronic and they died because of this. So it, to me, it was like, what can I do? What can I do to, to change this? How can I help my community? So I, when I moved to the United States in 2015, I had that urge, I had that desire to help my community. Also, back home in Cameroon, I saw how people misuse medications, how people uh, use antibiotics, and they became antibiotic resistant. So people 
get, go to the pharmacy and buy antibiotics without prescription, and they they use other people's leftover medication. So I decided to uh, enroll into the pharmacy program as a way to use the knowledge I will get from the pharmacy program to help my community. So I saved up some money and traveled. Last summer I traveled like about 2,000 miles to Cameroon and I decided to offer the blood glucose test to my community. That was the way I could help them at this moment because I am not done with my degree yet. So in my first semester, Dr. Evan Stephen taught us about the national, about the, about diabetes and we did a training like lifestyle coaches on the National Diabetes Prevention Program and Lifestyle Change Program. So I, I, it was so fascinating. It was interesting. So I decided to use this um, knowledge to give back to my community. So when I traveled to Cameroon last summer, I bought glucose meters and test strips from here in the U.S. So I offered um, blood glucose tests to over 50 people, both men and women. And um, I targeted populations about 30, between 30 and above. So I, some people had high blood glucose, some people had normal, and some people were really diabetic. Some people were pre-diabetic. So they didn't even know what diabetes was about. So I explained to them and I told them the, I explained the results to them and I counseled them on lifestyle changes, changing their diet because most of these people live on their major diet is carbohydrates. So I counseled them on their diet and exercise too. So some people that really were really diabetic, I advised them to see a doctor. Better manage so these people were really happy and they wished uh, I could come more often. And they were really amazed at what came out of the whole program. It was like just a small campaign, but I, I could really see how things, little things like that could change their life because this test normally is being paid for. It's about uh, 2,000 uh, francs CSA, which is about $4, 4 US dollars. So I offer this test for free. So they were really happy about it. And I believe, uh, and I was fulfilled, and I believe it changed the lives of so many people in my community. That's awesome and really inspiring. And what an experience as well for your kids to be able to see their mom go back to her community and offer such an important service like that and, and really change people's lives. So that's awesome. I want to pivot one more time and say, I know your pharmacy studies are at least somewhat inspired by your grandmother who in her time used local herbs to treat people in the community, which is not unlike the story of another recent guest on the podcast. We had Dr. Claude Lewis, who's a primary care physician at Riverside and a native of Haiti, who like you does philanthropic work in his homeland and was inspired by his father, who was a local healer. So tell me what that family inspiration means for you. And then long-term, if you would, what are your plans as a future pharmacist? Growing up as a kid, I spent so much time with my grandmother. So we used to live like in a rural area where we did most of farming. So sometimes when we go to the farm, 
and someone has a wound from um, a machete or an, a sharp object. So the wound will be bleeding and my grandmother will just like hold on. She will use like a herb and squeeze out the juice from it and apply it on the wound and the blood will start flowing. Then she can use like a cloth to tie the place, apply pressure to it and before you know it, it's getting healed and without going to the hospital because going to the hospital was not something it was coming easy. So sometimes people come to her with broken bones and she uses another bone, a bone of an animal to stretch the other bone and tie it up, do some massage and things like that. So before you know it, about three weeks, four weeks, a month, the person is walking off street. So I used to have like headaches too and there's a herb it gives me and I, when I eat it, my migraine goes away. So I was so fascinated about all these and I was inspired like what is in this herb that kills people? What is in this, what is the compound in this? But as a kid, I couldn't really understand. But I, I was inspired by how the mechanism behind these herbs, how it can kill someone, how someone can just take a herb and you don't have migraine anymore. So when I had the opportunity to come to the U.S., I decided to go into pharmacy so that I could really understand the mechanism behind the molecules in the herb that heal some, that can heal someone or that can treat a disease. So that is how I got into pharmacy school. And my future as a pharmacist is I plan to uh, use my knowledge from pharmacy school to um, serve my community. So I geared towards more, much towards a community pharmacy because that is where I'm, I meet uh, so many people, like a cross section of the community. Most like almost everyone from a community who wants to come to the pharmacy, maybe like at least once a month or once in two months. So I will meet people. It's in community pharmacy that I meet people who always ask you, um, I'm feeling like this. What can I do if I'm taking this? Is it okay to take this? You meet people, you meet patients that you interact with every day. So I think that is where my pharmacy career is gearing to. Well, Blessing, thanks so much for sharing some of your story with us. I really appreciate it, and I know our listeners do as well. So now that we've tackled some of the formal stuff, I've got a pair of lighthearted questions to give listeners a bit of a sense of who you are beyond the work that you do. So we'll kick things off with this this first one. And this is an entirely imaginary premise. But in the hypothetical scenario that you could anticipate your final day on Earth, what would you choose to eat as your last meal? Oh, <laughs> I would choose to eat arrow. Arrow is like it's a vegetable from... My country, I love it a lot, so I will eat arrow. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. I'll I'll have to give that a go. Uh, next time you're in Richmond, we can have some. <laughs> of course. Perfect. And then just finally to close us out, if you were stranded on a deserted island in the middle of the ocean, what one book, one musical album, and one movie would you take with you to keep yourself company and keep you entertained? And we'll spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than that, what are your three entertainment survival kit picks? Um, I will for musical album I will I would love to listen over and over to Jesus, my living hope, elevation um worship. Beautiful. 
And for a book, I would say to keep me going is my Bible, because that is where my inspiration comes from. And the movie I would want to watch is, um, it's not really like a movie, but it's a show. It's a uh, TV show. It's Chicago Made. It's really good. I love it. Perfect. Perfect. Well, those are three great choices. And that brings us to a close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast and subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. And we want to once again thank our guest, Blessing Tomla, for joining us today. So, Blessing, seriously, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. You're welcome. The pleasure is mine, too. Thanks so much. Thank you.